0: Hello, and this is the Simple Joe Show, and this is Joe speaking, I have Mike Logan in front of me, he's a Detroit comic, I uh, searched that for him on uh, Instagram, and uh, some of the uh, different ways that I do that, through other comics that I find on there, and look like a cool guy, his page looked pretty legit, so I got him over, and I am Simple Joe, uh, underscore simple joe underscore on instagram uh, check out my instagram i've always got different things going on there always 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 the podcast link is in the bio and also check out the simple joe show.com is my website and i also have uh, blogs there where i write different unique things sometimes they're about music sometimes they're about different food places that i went to uh, different cities that I go to, so check out that website. The podcast is always on that on that website, and also the archive episodes are also on there. The uh, comment section is open on there as well, so comment on there. I'll try to reach back to you and comment back whenever I can. Um, like, subscribe, share with friends, do anything like that. I also have the Simple Joe Show or Simple Joe Eats, and that's my YouTube show uh, that is. I only have one episode, but check it out anyway <laughs> and tell your friends that is where I go to different food places in Detroit and I go to different bars and it is, it just, it was a really cool experience, a really cool show. At any rate, we have Mike Logan. Say hi. Hey, what's up? I'm Mike Logan. All right. And you can be reached at
1: Oh yeah, um, ice cold comedian is uh it's my uh, it's my YouTube channel. It's called the ice cold comedian. My Twitter is ice cold comedian. My Instagram is ice cold comedian. One word, ice cold comedian. So you can find all my uh well not all my social media. You can find some of my social media. and Then you can like my fan page on Facebook. Right. which is just Mike Logan.
0: And I'm sure you're gonna be walking around and doing stuff around Detroit periodically. So just keep your eyes open. I'm sure he's out there. He's he's doing stuff. You know. It says stand-up comedian on his, on his Instagram. So that's, it's pretty, it's a pretty big
1: step. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go out and say
0: that, you know. Well, <laughs> I, um, so I actually, I actually, I,
1: I'm from Detroit, but I live in Grand Rapids currently. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I'm here for the weekend to do some shows. Um, I actually, I am a comedian. I'm also a voiceover artist. So. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I do, um, I do a lot of stuff. I don't have a real job is pretty much. I'm glad, (laughs) I'm happy I don't have a real job, Uh, it's it's very nice to get paid to do comedy, Um, but I'm also real funny, so that helps, uh, super modest too, so Uh those things go hand in hand when it comes to comedy. And it doesn't
0: always help though when you're talking to other people, because you try to think about weird fucked up shit, and they're not on that level, (laughs) you know, and they're not always thinking, because a stand-up comedian is always going for the joke. Which I definitely you know i don't
1: I don't really do that so much I um i I try to separate my stand up and my regular life uh, like a lot of open mikers which is like a comedian who like just does open mics like they go you know you don't pay to see them you just they go and they do seven minutes right a lot of open mikers do that and I think its has a lot to do with um still not really finding your own voice and you're trying to find it in regular conversation mm-hmm. Um Whereas me, I like to, I, I would do comedy so much that like I don't like doing it when I'm not on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I like having just genuine moments with people where I'm not just trying to find jokes. Um, I mean I'm, I'm pretty funny off stage too, mm-hmm. but I've never, like I'm not a guy who's just like, oh this would be a really great joke, let me say this right now. Alright. I'm, yeah. I'm very much like, I, I've, cause my comedy is very like casual dialogue. Is conversational it? comedy. Okay. Um. Okay. It's not like a like a Mitch Hedberg, which like punchline, punchline, punchline. Right, right, right. It's very right. much more like, more story. Yeah. It's okay. very much like one joke of mine is like five or six minutes long. So like that's how like, okay. it's very like Drawn it's a very natural feeling, mm-hmm. and so then it helps. And when I'm in regular conversation, it's just, just funny during the conversation because that's just how I mm-hmm. that's who jokes I jokes along anyway. the way. Yeah, it's and funny, then but it's a like, pu- big
0: punchline at the end. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's a uh, cool
1: story. it's it's pretty well constructed for the most part. Okay.
0: And how long you been doing it?
1: I don't know. Um, I think like six years, something like six that. Six years, yeah. Okay. Um, people always. I don't know. Like a lot of comedians can tell you the first time they did. I don't know. You don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I know where it was, but I don't remember what year it was uh-huh. or when. I just know that I did it then at some point. And I always year.
0: find that kind of strange if it doesn't land on a holiday. Like I'm a truck driver, and mm. that's what I do for a living. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to roll the ball I'm trying to get this going. But uh, I know the exact day when I started, which was. Eight, uh, April Fool's Day. Okay. Because yeah, so it landed it, on a yeah. holiday, and it's like, you can't really forget that. But yeah. if it's like, December 15th, it was nine <laughs> o'clock, I was, you know,
1: how, yeah. how do they do that? I don't know. Like, I have <laughs> hundreds of comedian friends on my Facebook, and I, every now and then I'll see, oh, it's my five year comedy anniversary today. I'm like, how the yeah. fuck did you write it? Like, yeah. the first day you did comedy, you're like, alright, i going to remember this day. Like, I don't, right, right. I don't write dates down, so I don't really know.
0: Right, 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 yeah. Uh, a, a really good one, Joey Diaz, He's mm-hmm. he, he has the memory of an elephant. Oh yeah, and I mean, he can name the exact month—not day, but month—roughly yeah. of when he did that twenty years ago. I mean, it's it's whatever it was. Like he he's uh, big into music, so uh, he saw uh, I forget who I think it was Black Sabbath for the first time. Mm-hmm. He can name nineteen seventy-eight. It was December. Oh, I can't do that. that's insane. Do that. That's, that is quite a memory. Um, but you said you did
1: uh, voiceover stuff. Yeah. Um, I um so I it's a, a bunch of different kind of stuff. So okay. I mean I do everything from uh small cartoons, motion comics, political campaign ads. Um I just recently did a um this big plastic company created this VR training program mm. to like train their employees in like, you know, like hazmat suit putting on and like proper like safety procedures and so my voice guides you through that VR experience. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: So that's like more techie, more uh um uh, more kind of in the future type stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of... It was yeah. cool
1: because, like... So, I've done, like... I've done training, uh like, companies, like, do, like, uh, takeovers of other companies, and they'll have, like, integration programs where it's like, welcome to the... Ball. You've been absorbed by such and such company. Uh-huh. Here's all... Like, I've done those kinds of videos okay. and stuff. And, like, I... But the VR thing was weird because it was an interactive thing, so, like, I had to do, like, a bunch of different reads of things. Uh-huh. So, like, if you were... It's like... Uh, uh if you're going to put your your hazmat boots on, which boot do you put on first? That kind of thing and then there's like right. a bunch of different selections. Okay. So it was like a 4 hour record, which is not like it's pretty long for like a voiceover session. Uh-huh. But it's like I had to like do every different outcome of different things. So, like Right. If people who have different options to choose, I have to give the answers for them. And stuff, so.
0: I just saw uh Kyle Kinane. Yeah. He was I uh, he played a show at the Fox with Burt Kreischer, Nate Bargatze, and Sal Vulcano of Impactful Jokers. Mm-hmm. and uh, Kyle Kinane is the voice for Comedy Central. Yeah. Now, how weird is it that Comedy Central picked a comic to do the voiceover for <laughs> Comedy Central? It's like it's,
1: <laughs> it's definitely very self-aware. It's pretty meta too. <laughs> Kyle's also an amazing guy. I've met Kyle a couple of times, Have you? and I've okay. met Bert too. And Bert and Kyle, Bert is like the nicest comedian yeah. of all the comedians I've met. Oh, like really? Bert is so nice. Like I. I uh, I met him at a show, like I opened and then he closed. And at the end of the show, I guess he does this in every place he goes, he uh puts a tip hat around, mm-hmm. like it takes money from the crowd mm-hmm. and gives all the money to the serving staff at the whatever club he's at. Which is like nobody who thinks uh-huh. to do something like that? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, he he pulls the money together, then yeah. he does a raffle of yeah. all the waiters or, or servers names, yeah, and then he picks the server. And they get the money. They get all yeah. that money, right? And it's really exactly. cool. And like nobody else is doing uh-huh. stuff like that, but he's
1: just a super nice guy and cows. Kyle's the kind of guy who's, like, down for anything, Mm -hmm. which is, like, I imagine Kyle Central was, like, hey, you want to do this voiceover? And he's, like, fuck yeah, because, like, he's, like,
0: he's... And it doesn't really seem like it in his nature, and and I don't even think he's doing it on on purpose, but he kind of has a pissed off look on his face all the time. Yeah. he has, like, that real rough rough beard, Mm -hmm. long beard, which doesn't uh, bode well for, like, approachability. Yeah. You know? Um, he doesn't seem like a very laughable type guy. Like, yeah, you know, no, I he, get he seems it. like a guy that would, you know, uh, cut wood and then, you know, be pissed off and then drink and then go to sleep and then that's it. You know, an alcoholically <laughs> beat his wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He seems like, but he's probably not at all. No, he's, pre- a, he's really that. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> complete opposite. But yeah, I um, you're preaching to the choir here, but for for the podcast, it's really good. Uh, huge fan of Burt Kreischer. Yeah, and, and I actually failed miserably when I went to to the Fox Theater to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh after the show I went to all these different bars around the area. Trying to and, run into him? Yeah, I was trying I was like, have you seen this guy? I had a picture. I was like, you see this guy? <laughs>
2: That's
0: funny. <laughs> he, he is known for going to bars. I'm, I this is the fifth one I've been to. I can't find the fucking guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um but yeah I, I mean his whole career he he just um uh he he just doesn't stop. That's the thing, he just does not stop. I mean, he's t- constantly touring and he's, he's, uh, doing a podcast and then he also does another branch that's called Open, uh, Open Tabs, mm-hmm. where he just kind of, he browses the internet and he saves the tabs that he was found interesting. Yeah. And then he has a whole show to open up and talk about what he found. Um, He's
1: got a cooking series on YouTube.
0: Too. Uh well sort of. Or, like he sort cooks of. for
1: like his comedian friends or Yeah, yeah,
0: that the uh All Things Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he does a little bit with Yeah, yeah, he he stars in that. Or
1: he hosted it, I guess. Yeah, he yeah. like cooks whatever he cooks or whatever and then the two other right. comics you just sit and they chat it up. Uh-huh. Pretty interesting concept. Yeah, no,
0: no, it's it's really it's really cool because it actually turns out to be really good food. Yeah. And and they they, they a lot of times they look at the instructions and They just miss everything. It just, you know, oh, oh, we were supposed to do a cup of flour. We did half a cup and all this. But at the end, it it actually turns out to be something edible. Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: weird to think that people can cook. Yeah, I feel like it's weird to, you always just, I guess you don't ever think about who has like the ability to cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like somebody like a comedian, like Burt Kreischer doesn't seem like somebody who would be able to cook. Right. And then he makes good looking food and you're like,
2: oh shit, he can cook. Right,
1: (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been following his career. Uh, I want to say maybe two or three years
0: ago. Oh yeah. And yeah, he just, his, 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 in his house, he's got like this open, open plan where he does his podcast mm-hmm. and then outside he has a nice in-ground pool. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it
1: on his, his Instagram though. Yeah, his it's, pool. it's got
0: to be nice. <laughs> he's got, he's got to be listening to living a pretty good life. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: it's, it's, I want to be that guy one day. Just, just to have like just a really nice house and uh-huh. a pool, even though I'm not even a big pool guy, but,
0: but at like, the same time, he's strapped. Because he's married and he also has two daughters. Yeah. So he's kind of strapped. I'm more like, liking the Ari Shafir style, or he's just a bachelor. Yeah. He can go anywhere he wants. He went to India or China. I, I forget where it was, but it, it, it was one of the Asian countries and he just left. He just leaves. He told everyone a week in advance, Hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave my, my phone, uh, or I'm probably never going to answer my phone. So that's probably why he stopped his comedy, stopped his podcast, stopped everything and went over there and came back like completely refreshed and ready to go. Dave Chappelle does that and
1: everyone calls him crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he <laughs> does. Yeah, yeah. It, Cause that was the weirdest thing watching the Chappelle show and then, uh, third season he was trying to, they were trying to, coerce him into doing a fourth yeah they offered him he,
1: 50 million dollars yeah and he and declined it, it he, he went he, to africa
0: right yeah, yeah yeah that was the whole thing i remember being in high school and looking at that it's in africa what's in yeah, africa he
1: just, he just <laughs> went to recharge the batteries what's that uh, he just went to recharge the batteries. Right? yeah I mean, yeah it is weird to just walk away from 50 million dollars so. though
0: it is yeah um i just was reading that or i, I saw a video of jerry seinfeld mm-hmm. he he uh declined 100 million dollars
1: for, for
0: an eleventh season of Seinfeld, and he was going to get paid
1: five million an episode. How insane is that? I mean, but, at that point he was already rich, so it's like he wasn't—he didn't need it for the money. I feel like he probably felt like the story had been told, like it's done. There's no need to come back for more. Exactly. He's just,
0: it, it was either nine or ten seasons. Yeah. And yeah. It, it ended well, it started well, the middle was well, yeah. the whole show was good. There's no point. In- why Why continue? If we do another one, it might turn into a shit show, yeah. and then it, it gets canceled mid-season, and then it gets a wrap for being not that good of a show.
1: I think that's why Breaking Bad is so good. Uh, they set out to make a five-season show, and they mm-hmm. wrote five seasons, and then they were done. Yeah. And I wish a lot more shows would take that lead, Like, like... Uh, British television's like that. Like, uh-huh. they'll do like three seasons and that's it. And they're right. like, alright, that's all, we've told the story. There's no uh-huh. need to keep going. Yeah,
0: yeah, the, the British, the British office. Mm-hmm. What is that, like 25 episodes, 30
1: episodes, that's it. It's like two seasons. It's so the whole like thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> a lot. But then the America is just like, this is making money, let's keep doing <laughs> it. We gotta keep, it's like, well the story's just, been told. Just, just milk it, just milk yeah. it
0: until, just, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another reason why I can't watch, uh, Lost. I stopped that
1: about the third season or second yeah, season yeah the one where they went back in time that season like I during the writers strike no that no it got awful no I
0: didn't I didn't actually even get that far oh really yeah I, I just remember watching it on Netflix and they have every season on Netflix mm-hmm. and the first season some of the
1: best television ever made yeah that's really that, good
0: great yeah and then, but it just gives you kind of anxiety where you are scrolling through and you see that there's like 30 episodes in this season.
1: I'm never going to get through this.
0: Yeah. I mean, one episode will have one little storyline to add to everything and that's it. And everything else is show.
1: It was definitely one of those shows where it's like, they, they were just like, we need to get you back here every single week and we're going to give you a little taste of what you want. And then right. you're going to keep coming back because you want to find the answers to these questions. But I think that where that show failed is they didn't answer a lot of the questions. Right, They right, just right. left all this stuff open-ended, essentially. And then that's why people hate that finale so much because it was so vague. Like it's just I, like, I, I
0: was thinking about trying to ruin it and just going to the last season
1: and just watching be, it. You'd be so confused. Probably. Because, yeah. like, the last season has... <laughs> Like, they do flash forwards and flashbacks during the last season. It's so like, mm. you never really know. Like, if you're, if you watch all, I think it's like nine seasons or something like that. Yeah. If you watch like all eight seasons <clears throat> up to season nine, you'll be on track. Like, you'll get where they're going. Okay. But if you were to jump from like season three to season nine, you'd be so confused. There'd be so many, there's so many new characters. Mm. They talk about, they don't follow a structured plot line. Like, it's all over the, it's just a fucking mess. <laughs> right, right, right. The last season of that show, I was not a big fan of. Right.
0: And, but that's the good thing now, um, Kind of with everything else, and that's kind of the new generation now, is if you don't like something, it's cool. There's probably about a thousand more of them, so yeah. t- don't waste your time you and energy into this one thing, you know. It do- doesn't matter how many different people have said great things about it, if it's not doing anything for you, stop watching it. That's how, stop like, listening,
1: stop doing whatever. That's how Parks and Rec is. Like, you, you ever watch Parks and Recreation? Amy no, I haven't.
0: Nope, that never is
1: probably my funny, my favorite comedy ever put on really? television. It's so good. But the first season is awful. Like it's mm. very much like a clone of The Office, mm. and you can tell they don't have their footing and stuff, and they don't really know where they're going with the characters. Mm. But season two through season seven is the I'm talking the best comedy on television. Really? Okay. I mean, it's what launched Chris Pratt's career. Um,
0: I've heard great things about that show, and I've also heard great things about
1: uh, the Larry David. Um, Oh, a oh, Kirby enthusiast. Yeah, 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 that's a really funny show. The, the, that's fun it. Anybody it, who actually. likes Seinfeld, I've never, I've literally never seen an episode of Seinfeld. Um I, I'm i not a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld, mm. I'm not a big fan of his comedy. He's kind of a dick in person. Saw so him so live; he was great. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's for certain people. He's uh-huh. not for me. Like, I'm not a big fan of it. I can understand. Like, he's very funny, and like I get why he's so popular. It's just not my style. Um, it's it's
0: very, very um, to the point. And he's got something, something very clear to say. Yeah, you know. Um, so
1: if you're if you're not for that style, it's yeah. But too structured. But Curb uh, is it's it's like Seinfeld, but if Seinfeld, if the main character wasn't likable, okay, and if they had like the license of being on HBO and saying and doing whatever they want that's okay. essentially what Kirby Enthusiasm is, because it's really not about anything. Like, it's just about, like, Larry David, who is mm-hmm. the creator of Seinfeld, and just his daily life. And Larry, the character of Larry David, is a very entertaining character to watch. Because he's kind of despicable, and he's very much, like, he's kind of the guy who, like, does what you're thinking, but, like, he does it. Like, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I should do this, but I wouldn't do that in real life. And he would just do that. Like, on okay. the show. Right. So, like, it's just a, a very cringy kind of show to watch, uh-huh. where it's like, oh, why is he doing that? But it's funny, and it's really entertaining, and I just, like... It's just a well written show. It's a well acted show.
0: Right, right, right. And what was it? The reason that they did it was because Larry David was really bored and he, he didn't yeah. it for the money or anything. Yeah. He just didn't want to go crazy and just sit in his huge mansion and. Yeah, Larry David
1: makes a lot of money just on Seinfeld residuals. Uh-huh. Like Jerry Seinfeld himself has been one of the top three highest paid comedians for the last 20 years. Right. right. And he hasn't. I mean, he released one special in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had a sitcom since twenty years ago. But he makes so much money off residuals from that show. That's like, a, he,
0: that's a weird thing when when you're
1: so famous yet you, you don't have a uh, you don't have a, a special. To yeah, a name. I it's, mean, you think about it. Like, right. you think of Jerry Seinfeld; he's always been the public eye. And you think when you think of comedians, he's one of the first people you think of. Uh-huh. But he really hasn't done comedy that much. I mean, he tours; he's in Vegas all the time. Like, he's a road dog comedian. Like, he's always on the road. Uh-huh. But he hasn't produced anything that like like a Netflix special, which he just did like last year. Mm-hmm. Like he had to produce, like, he didn't produce like a Comedy Central, HBO, and is like is that.
0: that the bad rap that he was getting from other comedians? Because
1: I, I follow a lot of LA comics,
0: mm-hmm. and it seemed like the underlying thing was that they were giving him shit for not really being a comic. They were just he because he wrote all those jokes fifteen years ago or yep. whatever it was, and he's still doing those same jokes over and over. Do you ever watch? Uh, do you
1: ever watch wrestling? Like, WWE or anything? Occasionally. My dad's really into it. There's a term that they (laughs) throw around called part-timers, which is, like, referring to, like, John Cena, The Rock, Brock Lesnar, who are, like, these three guys who everybody knows who they are. Like, they're synonymous with wrestling, but they're barely ever actually on the show. Like, The Rock is obviously, you know, he's a very busy guy. He's, like, the most... He releases, like, seven movies a year. He's insane. Uh, John Cena... Um, is starting to get a movie career, but he's barely ever on wrestling. But when he does come on, you know, it's very much like an event. Brock Lesnar's the same way. And I think Seinfeld is falls into that category of, like, a part-timer. Uh-huh. Where, like, he's obviously paid his dues. I mean, he was on the stand-up circuit for, like, 20 years before he even got Seinfeld. And he's well-respected because in the 80s, the 70s and 80s, he was huge. Like, he was, you know, he was on Johnny Carson. And like, everybody knew who he was. He kind of mm-hmm. led the revolution of, like, 80s stand-up. Um, and I think the idea now is he's coasting off that reputation that he had in the mm. '90s. Also, he's just not a nice person, mm. <laughs> so like, right? It just doesn't help. Like all the, like, I've I've run into him once. I have a lot of comedian friends who've run into him. The one time I ran into him it was not a pleasant interaction. Really?
0: Yeah. He, he, did he shake your hand or anything?
1: He um. So I I did um. I was at like a comedy festival, and mm-hmm. I was like on like a side stage, not like the main stage. And there's like a kind of a communal green room kind of thing. Yeah. And he was in the green room like doing some work with like his uh, manager or something. And I didn't know what the green room was. So I asked people, oh, "Where's the green room? Oh, it's over there." And I go to the green room, and there's no other comics in there. It was just him sitting in there. Uh-huh. And like I went in there, I was just like, "Oh, it's a green room." Like, so I went in, and he he looked up at me, and then he's like, "He's like, we're doing work in here." And I was like, "Oh, I just thought I thought this was the green room." And he's yeah. He's like, "Well, oh, we're doing work in here right now, so we need you, we need you to leave." Wow. Like, okay, right. that's pretty intense. So then, like, I left and I went and did my show on the side stage, and then he did the main stage and he crushed. He's yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, of and he came off stage and he walked past me because I was like standing like in the backstage area, and I was like, "Oh, great set, man!" And he was just like, oh, "I know." And then like kept walking, and that was the only reaction I ever had with him. Wow. And like, okay. and, like everybody else who like knows him, he's the same way. And like mm. he, I mean, it's a right. Like he he's the king of comedy. Like he, he's at the top. Top but. 3 I'd say. Probably Russell Peters, Kevin uh Kevin Hart. Probably the 3. As far as like popular comedians right now, highest
0: paid and and have the biggest uh um uh capacity like they they reach the the most amount of people. Sure. Yeah. I would say yeah. Kevin
1: Hart. I w- yeah. uh, Russell Peters is he's British, right? Uh he's actually Canadian, but oh, he's okay. Indian. He's uh, Indian. Okay. Cause I I, feel like Kevin Hart is probably number one on that list for me. Just cause he's so spread out, like he's in movies, he's got wow. a lot of stand-up, he's got like three, he's got his own comedy network, he's got like, Comedy Central specials that he produces. Which by the way, uh, my friend Jeff Horse will be having a half-hour Comedy Central special airing August 23rd or something like that. Okay. Check it out, he's very funny. Detroit guy. Okay. Uh, he was on, um. Jeff Horse. Jeff Horse, yeah, he was on Detroit's Heart of the City. Okay. Um, and then Kevin Hart really enjoyed him, so he flew him up to LA and gave him a half-hour special.
0: Oh wow, okay. Yeah,
1: he's a really great guy. He's, he's around. Detroit all the time too. So now they're doing the half hours. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. the half hours are yeah. back, man, which yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. is awesome for like uh-huh. people like us. We're like who can't get a Netflix special.
0: You know, I I never was a big fan of of the special of of sitting through an hour of your comedy, and I, I always like the bits. Sure. Like, like whenever I watched uh, Mitch Hedberg, it was always in little little ten minute bits. Mm-hmm. You know, or or whoever, I, I would always just watch the bits. Um, for me to sit down for an hour. And just watch your comedy. You've got to be really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it, it just never re- I think the best avenue for a stand up, stand up comic that can dis- uh, uh, display the, their comedy is podcasting or their, or a radio show. Like I watch, I listen to, uh, the bonfire with Big J. Okerson, mm-hmm. Dan Soder, and it is just the funniest fucking two hours that you'll ever listen to. Yeah. And, I mean, not to say that their comedy isn't good. It's just, I like to see it either live
1: have you seen Big J live? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His is like a lot of crowd work and stuff. Uh-huh, He's uh-huh. a funny guy.
0: Yeah, sits on the stool and just yeah. bullshits. I mean, he is just an old school New York. I got in to your you. face. I actually got
1: to drink with him last month. He okay. was at Doctor Grins in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then we all, a bunch of us, a bunch of comics and him went out, and he was just a fucking great guy. Yeah. Real raunchy. Like no, he don't <laughs> like, care. You like it's, a, no. it's like a lot of times, a lot of comedians are pretty reserved, like especially yeah. like those kind of like big guys. Uh-huh. Uh But Big J was just like, oh yeah, just yeah. Talking yeah. You know the filter.
0: Uh he doesn't know how to spell filter and the filter is like I am on the planet. I mean it's it's just it's insane what he what he talks about and yeah, he comes up funny. with. But he's just one after the other actually I mean he just keeps going. He's that New York style. Or yeah. it's just he's gonna get you and get you and get you until it's 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 not good anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh yeah, I saw him in, in Brea when I went over to, to LA. Yeah. Uh that was that was really good. I just wasn't expecting forty minutes uh to Brea. Um, but uh, I I went to the comedy store. Mm-hmm. I went to the Laugh Factory, and just it was just a, basically a full week of comedy. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but um, yeah. So, so we got to where you started. So, Doctor Grins, is there how how many other places are there that you like? Because I've heard a lot of th- good things about Doctor
1: Grins. I will say so. Doctor Grins is technically my home club because I live in Grand Rapids. Okay. Um, but I think I've done. I wouldn't say I've done a ton of clubs. But I've done a lot of clubs. Uh-huh. My favorite club still is the Comedy Castle here, in, like in Royal Oak. Really? Okay. Yeah, I love that place. And like I've done like you know I've done like um, like I've done Gotham. Uh-huh. I've done uh, Laugh Factory in Chicago. Um, I haven't been out to LA to do like the store or anything yet. No. But I mean like I've done like the big clubs, but Comedy Castle, which is a big club, um, it just. For me, like I, like I said, I grew up in Detroit, and I grew up idolizing the Comedy Castle. Like, it was like, my dad would be like, you know, Eddie Murphy performed here. Tim Allen performed here. No like, shit. I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Wow. Yeah, it's a huge, like, it's a really famous club. Um, and so I grew up knowing it and idolizing it, and I actually got to feature there back in January uh, for a weekend. And... Anyone? It was, was a, I, I featured for Jody White. Jody White. She's hmm. out of L.A. She's like, she was on Nick Moms, uh, which hmm. is like a... Nickelodeon show okay. even though she's not clean like right. she's okay. very okay she's yeah she's, like a bot Saget. yeah <laughs> pretty much I, I think a lot yeah. of people go to her she said to me too she's like a lot of people go to my show because they saw me on Nick Moms and then they see me live and it's not what they expected because right, right. like it's, she's very raunchy um but um they treat you like, I felt like I was Dave Chappelle the whole weekend. Wow. Like they just treat awesome. you amazing. It's okay. like one of those places where, you know, this is gonna be, this is, you know, this is Julia, she, whatever you need, you ask her. Uh-huh. And it's like, there was a point when I was just sitting in the green room and I, I like, she was in there too, and I was just like, oh man, I'm hungry. And she's yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna go somewhere to get you some food, i go somewhere to get you. Like it yeah. was, oh, it was an amazing wow. weekend. Like okay. they,
0: they really treat you really well there. Awesome. Do they set you up with a, with a place to stay or? Um, they don't
1: give you a hotel unless uh-huh. you're, uh, the headliner. Okay. Um, but I, I have so many friends and family here, so mm. it didn't matter. I think I stayed at my uh, like one of my high school friends' house or something mm. for okay. the weekend. Yeah, there
0: you go. Um, yeah, whatever works. Yeah. I, I saw I saw Sam Meril and uh, hometown comedian
1: Josh Adams. Oh, I love Josh. Yeah, Josh is. Josh, I'm a very uh I'm very good at comedy, and I'm also very confident, and I can confidently say that Josh Adams is the best comedian in Michigan. Really, wow. that guy, okay. him and Dave Landau, like yeah. Josh Adams. I've seen Josh Adams do so many. He can work any room for one thing. Like, Uh he can do urban rooms, he can do, you know, a country club, he can do a comedy club, and like, he's always consistently, like, hard to breathe laughing for. Right, right, right. Um, And it doesn't,
0: and it doesn't hurt that he actually looks funny. Like, he kinda has a goofy face. You know? A little bit, I don't know, he's got some exaggerated features. Yeah, you you kinda, that's another aspect of of, uh, comedy that no one really likes to talk about. Like, Bobby Lee really uh, battles with that. That when uh, he said he doesn't want to lose weight and he doesn't want to stop smoking cigarettes because he thinks he's going to lose his allure on stage. It's
1: a lot like, of a lot of actually um, uh, overweight comedians true. won't lose weight. Like if they get funny being overweight, yeah. like the 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 idea is you somehow lose part of being funny when you're not like. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it, cause, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not like fat, so right. I don't know. Right. But it doesn't. You know, uh Ryan Hamilton. Ryan Hamilton. No, no, I don't. He. Um. I worked with him a couple of months ago. He just released a Netflix special, and it's called Happy Face. Okay. And it's because his face looks like a giant smiley face. Right. Right. Like right. he's just got a really weird face. Uh-huh. And like he opens the Netflix special by saying, "It's like ah, oh, I'm Ryan Hamilton. Let's uh, let's talk about my face for a minute." Yeah. <laughs> and, like that's like, the first thing he says because nice. it's noticeable. Like it's like you you can't not acknowledge like cause right. he's just got a very weird face. or or um. Montez
0: from uh, Workaholics, what's uh, what's, what's the guy's name, he he looks like um, like
1: Mr. Potato Head, (laughs)
0: I mean (laughs) he literally looks like Mr. Potato Head, (laughs) yeah yeah, I can see that, (laughs) Uh,
1: it's fun when you play that kind of thing, like that kind of strength I guess, right, right, right,
0: yeah, no uh, it's cool, Um, did did you, have you been uh, touring around,
1: yeah, Uh, Um, well last night I was in Allegan, Michigan, Tonight I'll be in Hazel Park. Tomorrow I'll be in Detroit. Allegan? Or, yeah, Al- like or Algonac? Allegan. Okay. It's um it's like it's on the west side of the state. Okay. Uh it's like kinda of towards Chicago. Okay. Um but then like I'll be in like I'll be at the Laugh Factory next month. Uh I'll be in Akron, Ohio next month. Okay. I think I'm in South Bend at some point next month too. Okay. Um I do a lot of stuff in the Midwest. I went down to Austin, Texas. Back in March for the South by Southwest Comedy Festival. Okay. Um, which was fucking, that's a great city. Okay. Um, but yeah, I travel a lot. Like every weekend I'm on the roads. So. Is, it, is
0: it all you? Do you have a manager? That kind of thing? Or?
1: I. So I'm essentially freelance. I have a voiceover uh, agent mm-hmm. uh, who does like books on my voiceover stuff. But um, I work through, um, I work some stuff through Funny Business Comedy uh, Agency. Okay. But a lot of stuff I book myself. I um, got you. I don't like splitting money yet. <laughs> <Got you>. yeah, <laughs> Until yeah, I can find yeah. somebody who's like, hey man, if you let me in here, I'll get you on Conan. Then I'm like, okay, I'll right. you can be my manager. Right, right. But at this point, it's like, I can just book stuff myself. Like there's not really... Is that kind of the yet. way that you have to go? That's how you have to start. Like you have to start booking yourself and then in order to get on like the bigger stages, you need to get management. Do you? Okay. Cause, okay yeah, okay, cause they're the that. ones who open the doors for you. Like you can't, you could can submit, like you could submit a video to the Tonight Show or to Conan or to, the, the Late Show, huh. but I mean, if a manager isn't pushing that video, it's going to be a lot harder for it to get seen. Huh, okay. um, or if you just kept, catch a break, like Jeff Horse, like being in the right place at the right time, he got right. in that Comedy Central I mean, Kevin lights. Hart. I mean, yeah, he's, Kevin he's, Hart liked him, so yeah. then he's, he's set. Like, yeah. he I mean, he I'm sure he has a manager, but like, I don't think at this point he doesn't really need one. He's got Kevin Hart vouching for him. Um, uh, big connection there. Kevin Hart and Big J started together. Yeah, yeah. they they just did a show together uh, like last week or something. I thought of Big J. Yeah, together. they did. Yeah, yep, like yep, he I was did the first see time that. they performed together in like fifteen years. Yeah, like yeah, I did yeah. see that. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that must be pretty cool. It's just weird that that Big J did the started out with the Urban Rooms. Yeah, it, it seems kind of kind of uh, weird and strange. I don't know. Just like the more edgy you are, it just seems like those. uh those more urban rooms doesn't uh, wouldn't mold that
1: well for it. I don't know. They like so like yeah. So urban rooms. So Jeff actually does a lot of like he got to start doing urban rooms like because uh, he grew up in Detroit, so that's where he got to start. And uh, urban rooms are very much like they want they want to be shocked. Mm-hmm. Like so like a mainstream room, which would be like a comedy club room, mm-hmm. is like you, any comedian can do well in a mainstream room. You don't really like they're there to laugh they're there to have a good time. Right. Urban rooms are more like. Like they sit down and they're like, this motherfucker better be funny. Like right. That's the mentality. Okay, so you yeah. kind of have to Little give attitude. them. Yeah, yeah. you kind of have yeah. to give them edge. So I can see Big J doing really well. It's hmm. like he. He gives shit really well. Okay. And like, urban rooms will give you shit. Like, if you, if you're a weak-minded person or like, you have thin skin, you won't do well in urban rooms. Cause the second they see you being weak, they'll pounce. Oh, okay. Um, Got you. which I've seen, I saw a guy, I'm not gonna say his name, but I was a comedian from Michigan who I did an urban show with one time. And he's a very, very nice guy, uh, he's a clean-cut white guy, has a guitar, does parody songs. Okay. Um... And he's used to doing like, you know, like rooms with older white people and stuff.
0: Wait, I think, I think I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, go on. <laughs> he did, uh, um, he did a show with me in an urban room and they ate him alive Oof. to the point where he didn't even finish the set. Like, gotta say. Cause he started doing like, he does this like, uh, a cover of like a Taylor Swift song. Uh, and like, okay. it's like, he like makes up stuff about people in the room. It's not gonna work. And it was just like one dude in the back is like, are you corny as fuck? And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like the rest of the crowd turned on him and he just, he's like, oh well. All right, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> he just got better Go like, oh, Stick to the old people rooms. So right, I'm right, right. Your cup of tea here.
0: Got you, got you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, going off of that, and this is what I sometimes like to add to these shows: is do you have a bombing story?
1: Do you have a good one? I don't have a good bombing story. Okay. Um, which is weird because, mm-hmm. like, I've never. Bombed hard. Like it's never no? been okay. like I've never been booed off a stage or anything like that. Okay. I know a lot of comedians have stories about that stuff mm-hmm. happening. Um I have a lot of stories of weird shit happening to me on stage. Um, but not so much like I mean I've done shows where it's like it hasn't gone great, but I've never done a show where it's just like I'm like, oh my, I need to get the fuck out of here. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right. But I mean like I've got like I I did <laughs> I did a show I did a show once where a Heckler bombed, which was funny. I um I did a show in Muskegon. And it was in a theater. So it's like a movie theater with two screens. One of the screens, they just closed down for a comedy night. And so mm-hmm. I headlined and I couldn't see anything because like it's a movie theater. So it's supposed to be dark. They right. have a spotlight on me and then the crowd is just dark. I can't, I can see like the first four rows. I can't see anything else. Um, and so I'm doing my set and I said, I think I said the word poop and a guy in the back who I couldn't see just yells out, they are the same color as poop. Right? <laughs> really? Yeah. So, which I've heard, wow. like, I've done shows all over the place. I hear racist stuff pretty often, like, it's usually, but that was so weird that it, like, caught me off guard. Right. Like, normally, it's like, I, I I, can tell, when someone says something racist, I can usually tell what they're going to say and I have a rebuttal. Uh-huh. But this guy, was, I was like, that is, that is just really not creative. Like, I don't know why. So then, like, someone in the crowd yells at this guy. and it's Right. Like, hey, man, you need to shut up and enjoy the show. And then he, like, says something to the guy. And then, like, someone else chimes in from, like, the other side of the theater. She's like, you can go out. You can just get out of here, you racist. Wow. And then, like, the whole crowd just, like, starts, like, yelling at this guy. And they're like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, wow. And then it was, um. Did they have security? They didn't. It was like three kids oh, working. Like oh it was no. like it was like three seventeen year old girls that were yeah. working there. And but then everyone's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. So yeah. I like normally I handle that, but I just put the microphone down just sat down yeah. and just enjoyed watching this crowd <laughs> <guy just> tear <laughs> this guy right. apart. Right. And eventually they got him to get up and leave. And uh, after he got up and left, it was like a round of applause and stuff. Oh, and then I finished good. my set and then afterwards the kids gave me an extra forty dollars. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> They're like, I'm hey, sorry about that guy. Yeah. I was like, Oh thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice, nice. Uh, aside from uh, Doctor Grins, is there is there a, a, a place that you really like and that you would definitely go
1: back to? Um, I mean, aside from the Comedy Castle, which I've already just heaped praise on. Oh yeah, that's what um, I mean, yeah, Comedy Castle, sorry. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed. There's a place in Aurora, Illinois called the Comedy Shrine. Okay. And it's um it's got two theaters in it. One's a stand up theater and the other one's an improv theater. But inside of like the lobby area, the person who owns this has just thousands of pieces of real Hollywood memorabilia. Oh shit. Like the places like you could walk around that thing, like I remember there was a guy on stage for a half hour doing a normal half hour set. I spent the whole time just like walking around the lobby just like looking at all the cool stuff in there and the staff there was awesome and the crowds were really great and I just loved that place like it was a cool vibe like you felt like you were in old Hollywood you're right Um, and then there was also an improv Theater and they like let me jump in because I was there for the whole weekend. Uh-huh. So they're like, "Hey, do you ever want to jump in do some improv?" And I jumped in a couple of improv shows uh, right. while I was there. It was just a really fun experience. Like I don't do improv, right. so it's really fun to just do something else, something uh-huh. where I don't feel super comfortable doing. Right, right. Um, it's fun to see if, like, can I can I do this well? People think it's funny.
0: Well, that's kind of the city to do it. I mean, Aurora and Chicago,
1: right, yeah. second cities, right there. Yeah.
0: So it, that that was definitely. I mean, that's like the biggest spot to do it.
1: Yeah, second city. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of friends who are in the uh, conservatory program at Second City. Okay. Uh, which is like, just like, essentially like the, it's just the training thing. Like Amy Poehler and Will Farrell and Mm. Stephen Colbert and Steve Corral, they've all done, they've all graduated from Second City. Wow. And so it's cool to see my friends that are there now. Right. It's like, oh, someday they're gonna be, you know, correspondents on The Daily Show or something like that. Right, right. They all came out of the same spot.
0: Aurora has a, has a, um, a, a, spot, uh, by my heart because of Wayne's World. Yes. Yeah. I was ri- <laughs> so I was hoping I could find like
1: because none of that stuff exists anymore. Right. Like that big like uh that bar with or the diner with the hockey player on that. Right, 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 right. None of that stuff is there the anymore. Big donut shop, yeah. But I really wanted like it donuts. to be there. I just wanted yeah. to do so. I do on my YouTube channel. I do vlogs like when I travel. Uh-huh. So I wanted to just do a Wayne's World vlog when I went there. But none of that stuff is there. So oh man, it's kind of disappointing. But right. I did right. ask people. A lot of people. Everybody obviously in that city is very aware of Wayne's World. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, is there um. That, is there any of the stuff from like Wayne's World? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like right, yeah, they're right. like no. Oh my god, it was cool being there though because I love Wayne's World. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was actually just in um, I was just in Chicago actually. Uh, one of my cousins lives in one of, uh, Naperville. Okay, So that's another uh, suburb of of Chicago. Um, but because I'm a truck driver and driving through Chicago, it's just always terrible. Yeah, I can mean, imagine. Tuesday at 2 o'clock, it might not be that bad. You get there uh, Friday at 5 o'clock, good
1: luck. I've never had to drive... I've been to Chicago a ton of times, but I always, like... If I go there, I'll just park in a suburb of somebody I know and I'll just train, take the train in. Mm-hmm. I've never had to drive through Chicago. Like I, I don't ever want to either. Right, right. I, bad traffic really annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, which is a terrible time to be in Michigan right now because there's just bad traffic everywhere because mm-hmm. they've shut down a whole paths of freeways oh, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yep. And everything's a detour and it's awful and it makes me so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Although apparently Michigan's like the fourth best driving state in the country. It's not that bad, which is weird. It, I, you don't it, notice bet, when you I go bet. to other places, yeah, right. Like that's right. when you're like, oh shit, man, these people can't drive, <laughs> right, right. I remember I went to Houston last year, and Houston is the worst rated driving city in the country, Jeez. and their highways are like eight lanes wide Mm -hmm. and they've got like 40 different off-ramps and on-ramps it's very confusing and the people there just suck at driving and I didn't notice I didn't appreciate Michigan drivers until I went there because I've driven a bunch of places but that place really was like wow this is really bad Right. Like I, I cannot bitch too much when I'm in Michigan because the drivers there are really bad. Shout out to anybody who's listening from Houston. You guys should learn how to drive better. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it, there's a lot of hipsters there and, and a lot of younger people. So maybe that, I don't know, maybe the influx of a lot of younger people just fresh getting their license. I
1: don't know. It was weird, uh-huh. though, uh when I went to Houston. It was my first time in Texas since I've been twice. So I went to Austin, obviously for South by this past year or this past earlier this year. The last year I went to Houston was my first time in Texas. And I remember I got off the plane, I got in a rental car, and I'm driving on the freeway, maybe 20 minutes uh, into my trip to Texas, and I saw the most Texas shit. Like, I looked to my left, and there was just, like, a Ford F-350 pickup truck with, like, eight Mexican guys in the truck bed, all with cowboy hats on, right. like, on the freeway. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm yeah. like, oh, this is Texas. All right. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. a weird place, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they really don't care, and, and it's and it's, like... That that's one of the last states that has that law that you can sit in in the back you yeah. know, in the pickup part of it, but yeah they drive really fast. A lot of the freeways are eighty miles an hour yeah, and it's it, yeah it's definitely a completely different atmosphere
1: down yeah, there. Yeah, Texas and, just feels like you're in another country. Like it doesn't even feel like cause I've been to. All- Almost every state, except uh-huh. for like, you know, Alaska, Hawaii and stuff. But I mean, like, they all feel like America. And uh-huh. Texas is the one state where no matter what city, cause the cities are very unique. Like San Antonio and Dallas and Houston and Austin are very different cities. Yeah. But they all are very Texas in the fact that you don't feel like you're in any other place you've ever been before. Right. They're just very unique and, they're, and weird. They're very
0: Republic. They're very for the Second Amendment.
1: Except for Austin. Austin is super liberal. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the wild card. But Dallas for sure. Yeah. They always have this big thing about supporting Republican, all that stuff. You know, it's a red state, all that. Mm -hmm. And to say that there's a separation between them and Mexico, it's the same thing. I mean, geographically and how they live. I mean, they have cattle, they have farms. They all wear cowboy hats, they all wear cowboy boots. Mm And they, you know... They eat really spicy food. It's all the same things that Mexicans do, you know? And they just don't want... They really
1: just don't want to accept it. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Uh, it, is, it is funny. Um, yeah, yeah. It's... I went when... I remember I stayed at um, this really nice hotel when I was in Houston. And I had to have Tex-Mex. I'm like, I gotta get some Tex-Mex while I'm here. I'm like, why wouldn't I? I'm in Texas. Right. And I remember the hotel was, like, really nice. So I was like, oh, that's the concierge. They'll probably recommend some, like, high-end place. Right. Um And I go down there... And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm trying to get some really good text, Max, like, where can I go? And she says, she tells me, I do not remember the name of the place now, but she's like, oh, go to this place, you gotta go this way. She gave me the directions, like, I don't have Google. Uh-huh. And then she says, don't be weirded out, though, because it is located between two strip clubs. Right. And so, like, I went there, and it was, like, in, like, this real ghetto neighborhood. Because, like... Downtown Houston is, like, really nice. And then, like, it went to a suburb that was, like, real shady. And I was just, like, I was weird that they had recommended me to go here. Because, like, this is, like, a five-star hotel. Uh-huh. And they're, like, oh, go to this place between the two strip clubs. Don't okay. Guess. Oh. Yeah, right. But I went there. And it was the best Tex-Mex I've ever had. There you go. It had the best service. Like, it was, like, one of the best restaurants I've ever been to. Yeah. And it was just all old Mexican dudes working there. Huh. And, like, they were... Because, like, you go... I feel like you go to a restaurant in America. Or not America. But you go to an a American-owned restaurant. And it's, like... It's it's real hit and miss with your service. Like you don't know what you're gonna get. You know, right. you get really good service, really awful service. But the thing about like Mexican guys is they're very hard workers, so they're really good at working in a restaurant because mm-hmm. it's like you're very attentive. Your food comes out super quick. It's all delicious. It's all hot. If you get an empty classic immediately over refill. It's like yeah, right. I don't like they're some of the best servers I've ever seen in my entire life. It is, yeah. And they're all like old Mexican dudes.
0: <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. I forget where I was, but yeah, I remember the the service just being lightning fast. Yeah. I? I think I was in and out of the place in 20 minutes and I'm like, w- <laughs> what did you guys do back there? This, <laughs> this, just, 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 uh, flash a magic wand and then bam, food was there. How but, uh, I was in Laredo. I mean, and that's way down there. Yeah. That's all, it's, it is two, five miles, uh, north of Mexico. I mean, oh, okay. So the border so is right, right there. About as
1: south as you can go. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, they have the, that border show, uh, and, and they're in the city of Laredo. Oh yeah. To try, yeah, to try, um, Uh, the, the patrol guys, Mm -hmm. you know, to, 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 uh, kick the, um, the Mexicans out and the ones, you know, but, uh, in the center that I had for, for truck driving, there was a little stand, a little Mexican stand. And we went over there and we got tacos and we're just not thinking anything of it. I mean, they were a couple dollars a piece, whatever. Mm -hmm. It was some of the best tacos I think
1: I've ever had because I mean,
0: Mexico is right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this little Mexican guy was
1: was running it, and it was just it was so good. Yeah, so I good. love. Yeah, I love Mexican food. Ugh, yeah, so I I get I get heartburn and shit now though, so I can't. Remember. Oh, do you? I have to get, if I I can eat Mexican food, but it has to be like I like, immediately afterward, right? Or else I'll pay for it later that night. Uh-huh. I'll just yeah. wake up, just chest on fire. It's awful. Right, right, right. Get yeah, pizza
0: does that for me, but it's that red sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: the acidity from the tomatoes.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Uh let's see. What do we got? Have you seen the um, the *Hannah Gatsby*?
1: Uh, uh Nanette, I have not. Have you heard? Have you heard? Of it I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh It's pretty controversial in the comedy community. Uh-huh. I cause... just kind of want
0: to introduce it to
1: the, to the show, but
0: yeah, I I, I I heard some
1: things about it that it's not really comedy, and so a lot of people have been calling it a one woman show, and they're saying it's a good one woman show, but they're saying it's mislabeled by calling it comedy. Yeah, because uh, I, th- I guess at the end she kind of condemns comedy and like quits, uh-huh. uh, which is like the big controversy behind this yeah like her last 20 minutes is just her talk about how comedy has treated her so poorly because of uh she's a lesbian so mm-hmm. she talks about how her, her awful experiences in it and then she i guess <clears throat> from what i understand retires from comedy at the end of the special um really? and everyone's saying it's you know it's refreshing it's a breath of fresh air but all my comedian friends are like this isn't comedy yeah they're just very much they're like it's entertaining mm-hmm. and it's good and she's very good at what she does but it's not comedy Oh, it's not stand-up comedy at least. Right. Um, I have not watched it yet. I don't watch a lot of specials. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it's really easy to absorb jokes and think that they're your own when you watch too much comedy. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I watch like my favorite people, but I, there's so many, there's so many fucking specials like on Netflix. Oh, I know. That it's just, yeah. it'd be impossible to try watch all of it anyway.
0: Isn't there, uh, what is that, 104? Isn't there two? Is that how many isn't there are? not there two a week? Oh, I, at one point, familiar. I think in I think maybe last year, yeah, there was two a week. Netflix
1: is ruining yeah. comedy, and, yeah, and I think it's because people don't go to comedy clubs anymore. Because why would you? When there's so much good content on uh-huh. Netflix, I had a woman say to me at a show, um, she says to me, "It's my first time ever going to a comedy show." And I was like, "She's like, I really enjoyed myself." Uh-huh. I normally just watch comedy on Netflix. So I don't have to go out, and I'm just like, "That's why we don't like Netflix." I mean, uh-huh. I'd gladly take a Netflix special, yep, but yep. like they're oversaturating it. Like yep. it's so easy to get quality comedy at home. Why would you? Go
0: out like Joey Diaz says. You're everyone nowadays is missing the adventure. Yeah. The the going out there, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. You're just going out there. Try to use your phone minimally and mm. just talk to people around you. Go to a few bars here and there that are around the place. Get all spiced up and juiced up before you get there, and then you get in there and you just have a blast, and then you go home, and that that's that's your day. Yeah, it's you know, a part,
1: it's a part of it's an experience. It's it a whole thing. Comedy, yeah.
0: yeah. It's a whole night. You know, and and that's a big thing that, that people are missing nowadays. I also know?
1: think that I I just feel like it's it's so much easier to laugh at comedy at a comedy venue than it is sitting at home. Mm-hmm. Like I could watch. I've so I've seen. Uh, I've I've had the opportunity to hang out with Dave Chappelle. He's amazing. But I saw his nice guy too. Oh God, he's yeah. great. Wow. Um, really high, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like super nice. Yeah. Um, but no, I I got to see him do his Netflix special. One of the five that he released in last year. The one, it was um, The Age of Spin which is the one he did in... I don't remember where he did it but it was the one where he released the one where it was Deep in the Heart of Texas and The Age of Spin. Okay. And so I saw him do the Age of Spin live and I watched it also on Netflix. It was a little different. It was pretty much the same set but there's a couple of subtle differences but I lacked harder seeing it live than when I saw it on Netflix. Uh-huh. And I think it's just, it's infectious to be in a room with people who are laughing uh-huh. as opposed to sitting by yourself watching something. Right. I just think it's not, I mean, I love the idea of specials that it's great that it gets you a bigger audience. Like uh-huh. obviously it's easier for millions of people to see you on Netflix than for hundreds to see you at a comedy club. Right. And like I appreciate that part of it, but Nothing beats being in a room with other people enjoying a comedy show. Uh-huh.
0: Like, and, and, only, and only maybe four people max to a show.
1: Oh, sure, yeah.
0: I, I'm a fan of seeing a lot of big killers that, that go to the comedy store and they do 15, 20 minutes. And there's so many different ones that you can see in mm-hmm. an hour. But at the end you're just you're you're you're, you're there's nothing alive. There's only
1: so much comedy one yeah, person can take. Yeah.
0: But... I, I me and my friend were sitting there and it's midnight and we're like, we can't we can't anything That's here the thing about long. the store,
1: like they run to like two in the morning. Forever. I mean, like they don't <laughs> yeah. stop. Yeah. We got there at eight o'clock.
0: We left at midnight. There was three more or two more hours, at least maybe two and a half more hours of comedy. Yeah. We're like this is enough. I'm good. Yeah,
1: my <laughs> friend, the fuck out of here. My friend, Car- uh, my friend Carmen Morales, uh, she's doing her first ever set at the original room at the Comedy Store okay. this weekend, and uh, she posted about it on her Facebook, and it was like, oh, opening, doing the opening set at the Comedy Store this weekend, original room. Uh, I go on at ten forty-five. <laughs> I'm just like, you're opening the show at ten forty-five, wow. and yeah. the last comedian went on at one twenty, and it's like that's so much. Com-. And it's I. I myself can only take an hour, 45 minutes tops of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like After that, I'm just like, that's just, and I, I mean, I watched, um I watched Chappelle do an hour and 25 minutes, mm-hmm. and by the end of that, and Chappelle is my favorite, like my number one, mm-hmm. and at the end of that, I was like, that's about enough, like, yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking about enough comedy for tonight.
0: Well, he's known for doing that,
1: that yeah, he well, doesn't, he,
0: he doesn't really know what he's going to do, so yeah. he gets up there, he bullshits, and he's like, midway through, he's like, well, uh, that one really didn't work. I guess I'm not gonna do that one. Uh, let's talk about something else. That's the it?
1: thing about Chappelle Sweet. is like, he doesn't do open mics. So like, he just tries out new material at paid shows, which is a weird, well, he can do that because he's Dave Chappelle, uh-huh. but like, the idea of paying $25 to go see somebody, and they're essentially treating it as an open mic, which is what Dave does. But I mean, even Dave's bad shit is better than most people's good shit. Right, right. So it's like, it's, it's, it'd be nice to be able to get, cause I run an open mic in Grand Rapids. Okay. Um, every Monday night I do it, and I sit Shout out, a, what place? Oh, Garage Bar and Grill on Ottawa in Grand Rapids, Michigan, every Monday go. night. There you go. Um, Shout out. And so I sit through so much open mic comedy, and a lot of it's not great, Um, but I mean, that's what open mic is for. You're supposed to go there to work out your stuff and get Mm -hmm. better. The idea that someone could, I mean, I do get paid to host open mic, but the idea that I could charge admission for people to come in to watch me work on comedy, which is what Chappelle essentially does most of the time, is just, I want to be at that point in my career, where I'm (laughs) that good, where I'm just, people will pay to watch me practice. Or the bump. You want to be the bump. Like, to get bumped?
0: No, to be the bumper. Oh, so oh yeah, saying, yeah. No, that'd be hey, great. Yeah, this is my name. Hey, what's going on? Uh,
1: are you going on next? No, I am now.
0: Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and who wouldn't want to? If you if, if 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 you had a spot and Dave just walked in, you'd give it to him for sure. Yeah, you know, you'd like that. I forget what. Con- oh, it was oh, the um, one Amy
1: Schumer did. Yeah, Amy
0: Schumer did that. Yeah, she bumped then, that guy. And then Jim Norton, because uh, I listen to Jim and Sam. Mm-hmm. uh he, he was saying something about that, and he's like, "You you would gladly do that." For a, for a monster like her, yeah. why wouldn't you give up a spot?
1: Well, I think the problem was, didn't she ask him while he she, he was on stage was the problem? Ooh, that's not good. Like, no. so it wasn't, so she said, she claimed that she had texted him earlier and mm. said that she wanted to do a spot there. He says that he doesn't have her phone number, so she never texted him. Mm. What happened was she showed up while he was on stage, and I guess he was doing, like he was closing, mm. like he was doing like a 25 minute closer for a showcase, and it was his first time showcasing it. I'm pretty sure it was at the store, right? Could have been, but was, I'm not sure. It was a store life I But it was his first time closing, and he had yeah. all his friends and family there, and he was, like, you know, really proud of it. And then, while he was on stage, Amy Schumer showed up, yeah. and she was just going to be like, oh, it was in New York, so it was, um, I think it was at the cellar, because um, she was practicing for SNL, cause she was okay. SNL. Okay, right, 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 yeah, that would make sense. And so she asked the manager, she's like, hey, can I get on to practice stuff? And he's like, well, he's already, he's 10 minutes into his act, and then she, allegedly, she said, well, I'm Amy Schumer. To the manager, and he said, okay, well, I mean, like, he's in the middle of his set right now. And then she walked onto stage and was just like, hey, do you mind if, hey, it's me, Amy Schumer, do you mind if I, like, work out some stuff for Saturday Night Live? And he, granted, got a lot of publicity for it, and his podcast number shot through the roof when it happened because he got so much publicity, and he said he would have gladly given her the spot, like, if she would have asked beforehand, and he had no problem giving her the spot even at the point. So he's not mad that she did it, he's mad at the way she did it. Like, and it's weird, like, I would never take somebody off stage. Like, yeah. I would, I, would I, I didn't know how that, okay. Yeah, yeah, like. So that changes it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, cause normally yeah. bumps are like, you're scheduled to perform somewhere, and then Bill Burr shows up, and right. says, hey, you know, do you mind if I go up? And An hour like, before, yeah. or something. Yeah, like, yeah. it's beforehand. Yeah. It's never yeah. like, you're on stage, Timothy, in your set, right. and all of a sudden Amy Schumer walks onto stage and says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some time. What are you gonna say? No right. To Amy Schumer at that point? No, right. like, you're gonna say yes. Yeah. But it's worked out for him. I mean, she's like, uh, she took him to do some shows with her after that uh-huh. like she had him open for her on the road oh, okay. and then his podcast numbers jumped up his popularity went up like it was it's uh-huh. win-win she looked right. bad for like a day right but she's only yeah. she's a Schumer she'll get over it yeah <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> everyone makes mistakes yeah it's like yeah. one of those things where like you're so successful like, a bad thing I remember um you know um uh uh, uh Gabrielle the girl from Precious
0: huh no I am
1: nervous. um no. you know you ever seen Precious uh, I don't think so. It, what is it? It's like a, a movie, uh, came out like five or six years ago, uh, uh okay. it stars, uh, Gabriel, Gab, I can't think of her name, Gabriel, Gabriel Sibade and, uh, uh, Monique. And one won, like, Monique won an Oscar for it. It's a very good movie. Okay. Um, and it's about, like, this overweight woman, uh, well, overweight girl whose mother is, like, a dick to her. Um, it's one of those feel-bad movies. Uh-huh. And, um, she's, Pretty overweight, but she's a great actress. Uh And there's a, uh, this kind of harkens back to me saying, like, you know, like Amy Schumer, like, she's fine. Like, she'll be fine with one day of bad publicity. Like, somebody tweeted at Gabrielle Sibade one day, and it was making fun of her weight. Right. And, um, and her response to that person was, um, I'm going to cry about your tweet while I'm flying in my private jet to do the dream job that you don't have. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> like, right, right. Like, that's the same mentality. Like Amy uh-huh. Schumer's fine with being people hating her for one day because she's still Amy fucking Schumer the next day. Like mm-hmm. She's living right, a great life. Like
0: I always love that on Twitter that you're going to go up against a, a, a experienced comic that's yeah. been doing this for 10 years or whatever yeah, and they're at the big stage and they've done all the things to get there and you're trying to go on Twitter and be smart to her? Isn't that, it's never, it's never gonna work out. People
1: on the internet are weird. Like I, so I'm on Reddit a lot, and I put stuff, content on Reddit all the time, and like I, there's a rule in comedy: it's don't read the comment section. Um It's also don't read the comment cards because people are just dicks. Like that just mm-hmm. happens, and uh, so I don't read comments very much anymore. But people will just say things. I don't think people think that you're a real person. Is yeah. what it is. Like people say things to you, and then when you respond, it's it's like oh shit, I didn't think you were going to say anything. It's like well, why the fuck wouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. Like, they just forget that you're a human being at the end of the day.
0: Well, it's also the element of reading, of just words. You're just reading words, so yeah. you don't know what kind of emotion is there, and you almost have to say that before you say something like, "This is really sarcastic." So read it as sarcastic, you yeah, know, yeah. or or this I'm really pissed off at you, so read it as me being angry, you We're, know, or something like that. Yeah, the you excuse
1: know? is also well, you're a comedian; you should be able to take a joke. That's what people yeah. always say. Right, and it's right. just like, well, fuck it, I'm I'm a comedian. Yeah, that's yeah. my job. Yeah, but like. I'm a person like mm-hmm. I have feelings I'm not a shit. slave yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like I don't have to accept what you said to me because I'm a comedian right and it's just like like people say to me so my comedy like I talk about race a lot because I'm a black person and like that's you know you write what you know and so my problem with people like comedians who get mad at people is when they get mad at people for essentially reaffirming what they just said on stage so like I get mad at like uh, let's say a, a female comedian is on stage and all she talks about is like sex the whole time she talks about you know, oh, I went on a date last night and this guy did this to me and I did that and blah 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 like, I don't have a problem if you talk about sex Right. I have a problem with when someone comes up to you after, afterward and like makes a sex joke at you and then you're just like, how dare you? It's like, right. you just talked about right. fucking for 45 right. minutes. Like, <laughs> people are gonna say things like that to yeah, you. And it's like, exactly. for me, after shows, like, especially if I do like all white rooms, like I talk about race all the time, and then afterward, it's just like a floodgates open up and people are just like, hey, here are all the things I've always wanted to say to a black person I'm gonna say to you right now. <laughs> right, right. And I can't get mad, cause I li- they just listen to me talk about it for an hour. Right. So like, I can't be upset that somebody's gonna say stuff like that to me. I can be like, offended. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I'm not, it's not, I don't, like, I, like, I totally get why you said that. Right, like, right, right, You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's weird that, like, people just don't understand the, like, the difference between, like, when I'm on stage, like, it's not really a character. Like, I'm still me. I'm just a heightened version of me. Uh-huh. Um But when I get off stage, like, I'm not performing anymore. Like, I'm uh-huh. just me now. Like, when you say, like, like, I had a kid say to me after a show, time, hey, man, you were really good. I mean, you're not, like, Kevin Hart funny, but you were good. Oh, I'm just no, like, I'm like, handers. you're an asshole. <laughs> those com- I mean, yeah it's like it's a compliment kind of like, yeah. like no I'm not Kevin Hart sorry I'm 6'2 like, right, right, right. but I mean also right. Kevin Hart in person really short yeah like unbelievably short yeah right. like 5'4 five, five, five. I think he's yeah. listed at 5'5 five, five, but like oh, it yeah. looks so short yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you see it in movies and TV and people make fun of it but then you see the person you're like oh my god you're right, you're right. <laughs> I think it's really off putting uh-huh.
0: um, definitely, definitely. But, yeah people
1: just I think uh, a lot of the reason trolls exist is because they don't understand that there's somebody on the other end of what they're doing. Uh-huh. Like, when you go on and you're just like, you're an awful person, you should kill yourself. It's right. Like, well, there's somebody on the other end who you're talking to. Exactly. Like, you would never say it to their face, like, you would never, even if you... I mean, even if you went to a comedy show, if you went to a comedy show live, Uh and you didn't like the comedy, you would not walk up to me after the show and be like, I thought you were terrible, and then leave. You would never do that. People will just, you'll just walk out, that's what you do. Yeah. But online, you watch a Netflix special or a YouTube video, and you're just like, you're awful, you're the worst person in history of people, because you forget there's a person on the other end of that. Yeah, no, if
0: if ever I see a comic, and usually I'm, I'm handing, I have little USB things, and I have my podcast on the USBs, and I give them to comics after the shows. Um, but even if I don't like their comedy, mm-hmm. I'll, every time I'll always say, great show. Because he got up there, he had a certain material, he didn't bomb, mm-hmm. and, and I might not agree with it. I yeah. might not think it was that great, it was that funny. But I'm still going to say great show because he took the time and energy out of his day to do this. Yeah. And it's really hard. They, uh, I think uh, science or uh, an experiment they did, um, the neurological stuff that happens to you, when you uh, are threatened with going on stage, people are ra- uh, would rather jump off a bridge. I mean, yeah. it is terrifying to get up there. Yeah, I've read so, that
1: somewhere that Americans' number one fear is uh, uh, public speaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which so, is weird. I don't think they pull a lot of black people because mine is the cops. That's yeah. what <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I've always been very like, comfortable and performing and stuff, so it's... To me, like if people say that to me, like you're so brave, I can't believe you did that. I would never uh-huh. do that. But to me, I've always been a performer. I've never. I feel more comfortable on stage than off. Usually, uh-huh. so it's always been very easy for me to get on stage. And so, but I understand that, like for the vast majority of the rest of the population of the world, uh-huh. getting on stage is the most terrifying thing ever. Right. And like, but for me, I'm just like, oh, I just go on stage and fucking talk, and then I get off stage. And right. They're like, I can't believe you did that, man. Right. right, I was right. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> right, right, right. And then it's like, I remember I did a show. I did a a music festival where like I went on between the bands Mm -hmm. which I fucking hate (laughs) because like nobody comes Mm -hmm. to a music festival to listen to comedy but like I have more respect for musicians than I do like my fellow comedians. Well isn't that the whole thing? Well yes every comedian wants to be a musician and every musician wants to be a comedian. But I I just watch it and I'm just like they did so much more work than I did Uh and they've been perfecting their craft since like they were five. You know what Uh I mean? Like, musicians have been playing music since they were kids. Uh I've only been doing comedy for six years. For real. Like, you know, actual stand-up comedy for six years. These guys, this guy's been playing the drums since he was five. Right. And it's like, you go out there and... I do like fifteen minutes and then they perform for like thirty minutes and then they get done and they're dripping in sweat uh-huh. and they're on like, of oh, oh, they're chugging water and I'm just right. like, oh, I'm gonna go talk for fifteen minutes. All right, all right, <laughs> like, <right>. But then <laughs> they say to me, they're like, Oh, I can't believe you could do, I can't believe you could do that mm-hmm. And it's just like I can't believe you can do that Like I can't fucking I can't play any instruments. Like I can play I can press keys on a piano. That's all I can do. And it's not music. All all right. Right. I can't right. I can't learn the drums, I can't learn the trumpet, I can't learn the guitar. Uh-huh. Like you could learn how to tell jokes, like you can learn how to go up there and just say some jokes. I would have to learn how to play an instrument right, to be right, able to right. do what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I, I've started it so many times. I have a, an electric piano on there. <clears throat> and it's just, it, it's, it's easy to start. But then you just you fall off. Right? Yeah, it, it's just as that's easier. why you
1: start when you're a kid because then you're you're more disciplined and right. Is weird to say because you're a kid, but you're you're easy. It's easier to learn things when you're a child. Right. It's right. easier to stick to a regimen when you're a child. When you're an adult, you're just like I don't want to yeah. do this. <laughs> just, I need a second leave. There's
0: there's uh, there's it was a Mitch Hedberg joke about that that is uh, um, quitting smoking is just as easy as starting flossing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the same thing, you know. Yeah. Start, starting to play an instrument it is so, is really hard. Yeah. It's
1: really hard, to, and to keep going with it, yeah. Um, to, what favorite, one of my favorite, two, two favorite Mitch Hedberg's jokes is, um, I used to do drugs. Yeah. I still do, but I used right. to. Here, right here. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, uh, I want to see a forklift lifting a pallet full of forks, and just be so damn literal. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he was a gem, man. He was a gem. You I know what I mean? That guy could write, man. Yeah, yeah, and just... He was a star that just, it, it was too bright. Oh, he loved drugs. That was it, his problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and same thing with Chris Farley and, and it was just uh, a shame to see it. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that, when you see Chris Farley on that last, I forget what late show it was, but you see him like doing cartwheels and he's running around the stage and he's like bloated and
2: fat and just, yeah.
0: it is so hard to watch because I think a week later, two weeks later, he passed away.
1: Yeah. And that was it. That was his last late night show. Did you know that um apparently Chris Farley was a huge ladies man and yeah. Um, you you seen Tommy Boy, right? Oh yeah, the definitely. the pool scene, and you know where the weight room is. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. girl was Chris Farley's girlfriend at the time. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Man, for a three hundred pound guy, you can pull something. dude. They, every <laughs> every person who knew Chris Farley was always like, oh, women loved him. They absolutely loved him.
0: And you know what's weird? I just saw in an interview with Kevin Farley, his brother, mm-hmm. and he's kind of has that same way of talking. That same, he looks a lot like him too. Yeah, like cigarette laugh, mm-hmm. and it's it's just weird. Um. It just trips you out for a second, cause he kinda looks like him too, but yeah. it's it's just not him, you know? No. And, and and I always was thinking about how weird it would be to have a huge star. Like, let's say you're Bruce Willis' brother or something. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna get that, hey, so uh, that movie with Bruce Willis. I'm not Bruce Willis! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not me! That's
1: like, what was it? Oh god, that'd be so annoying. Seth Rogen's uh, wife was on The Tonight Show. Um, I don't know what she was promoting. I, I think she's like a producer or filmmaker or something like that. But all of Jimmy Fallon's questions were about Seth Rogen. Like, he's, he's like, you know, what's it like to be married to Seth Rogen? Oh, yeah. there's a lot of last one there. How'd you guys meet? It's like, yeah. ask her about her! Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. You didn't have Seth Rogen on the show, you have her on the show. Right, right. Whose name I can't remember, something Rogen, obviously. But.
0: Um, Chris Rock's brother mm-hmm. was on Rogan's show, and that's the one thing that he didn't do. Is that he never really asked about, about Chris. Joe Rogan's a good podcast. He's just so talked so. about his, whatever, their rants. Or whatever. Yeah. They, I don't even think, I think his brother brought it up, uh, once, and Rogan didn't even touch it. Yeah. That's good. So,
1: that's like playing with LeBron James. If you ever get interviewed, it's only going to be about LeBron James. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. I play on the team too. It's like, rival LeBron, though. No. Right, 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 right. Exactly.
0: All right. So moving on here. Um, got some, some, uh, news here. Gonna try to start a little, little section here. With some uh, comedy news, uh, check out the uh, roast of Bruce Willis. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, uh, I heard it's uh really, really funny. I heard uh, it's Nikki, good. Yeah, Nikki Glaser, uh, she's one. She's the female it's mm-hmm. in it. But I love, I love her comedy and and her radio shows and all the stuff that she does. She's so open about her sexuality and everything, mm-hmm. and it's just so cool to see her bring a new thing to the table. I almost call her the the female Jim Norton because it's just
1: how open she is about yeah. everything.
0: Um KJ, you know him? He's a Detroit comic? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um he does um the uh the crap, I can't think of the name of that show he
0: 313.
1: Sh- uh no. Um he runs a show. I can't think of what it's fucking called though. Yeah. Whatever.
0: Anyway, uh mm-hmm. shout out KJ. Uh he was just on uh Kill Tony.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that. I, mm-hmm. I think we chatted about him and I chatted about that on Instagram. Okay. Uh, yeah, he yeah. said he hated it. <laughs> really? Yeah Wow. <laughs> he wow. said he he said he had a really good set, but um, I guess they cut kind a of set halfway through, really, and then they asked him a bunch of shitty questions because like, uh-huh. that's what they do. Right, right. Yeah, they grill you. They yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he didn't like it. Yeah.
0: Wow, wow. Um, Joey Diaz, no more comedy specials for him. Really? Yeah, he said that on his podcast, that he is done. He is done with comedy specials. He tried one in Vegas uh, for Netflix. He was trying too hard. He was trying to do like written jokes and that's definitely not his style. He mm. just is a ranter and he just keeps going. Yeah. And he just said, I'm going to do albums. He said, I'm going to release albums and audio only. You will not see my face on a
1: special, huh. uh, from here on out. So. Well, I mean. It's know, an interesting angle. You, know, you don't really, he doesn't really need a special. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like it's not like he's making a ton of money off of specials. Like, he's right. making his money off road work. So.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Might as well not do them. Right, right. Especially if you feel that much pressure when you're doing one. Exactly, yeah. I could, I could imagine, uh, obviously I don't have a special, but I mean, I could imagine the added pressure of knowing that you're filming a special when you're performing and it's screwing up your set.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I could... No, yeah. his
0: tapes are really good. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, his, his albums are pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I usually listen to them on the road. Uh, we've got Burt Kreischer. He's coming out with a new uh, Netflix special. Good. Uh, Secret, Secret Time,
1: I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be exciting. He does now. He doesn't have a Netflix special yet, right? This will be his first one, right? I'm really not sure. I think it'll be his first one. Is it okay? I think so. Big J's got a Netflix special coming out.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. He's doing the the dirty half, the dirty dozen. Yeah, I think they're calling it. His yeah. closer
1: is actually a joke, which is a great joke, and it's a story about how he. Uh, Hit on a tranny at one of his shows, right? And it was at Dr. Grins in Grand Rapids. Ah, no shit. Wow. Yeah, I was wow. at that show too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did he look like a she or she look like a? She looked ex- like a woman. Like really,
1: the, the, I, anybody who I don't want to spoil it, but it's a he's done the joke a bunch of times. Yeah. but um, no, he was on stage talking to a guy in the front row about his girlfriend. Uh. Talk about um, he's talking. Like, what do you do for a living? She says, "Oh, I'm a." Uh, she says, "I'm an actress." And he says, oh, kind of, you know, anything I've seen? And she says, probably not. Yeah. And then he says, what do you do? And she's like, well, I'm an adult film actress. He says, oh, my God, do you have any pictures? Yeah. And then she says, I do. And he's like, well, let's see them. So then she pulls up a picture, which is her and her giant penis. And she shows it to him. And he's just like, whoa! (laughs) And then he's like, you want to tell everybody? She's like, I don't care. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) she's got a giant dick. Wow! (laughs) Uh, wow. Yeah. she's very attractive though. Like I was like like I wouldn't have known if she hadn't have said, you know, yeah. I have a giant penis. But that's like, hilarious. But, yeah, he wow. talked about it in his new special his closer too.
0: Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um Brendan Schaub, have you heard of him? He does a podcast with uh uh Brian Cowan. Uh no, I don't think
1: so. No. No. Uh
0: uh Fighter and the Kid. It's called mm-hmm. and he also has a HBO show called Off the Belt. Or below the belt. Sorry, below the belt. No, I'm. And seen it's it. a, a it's a martial arts. It's uh, boxing and UFC. Okay. And he gets other uh, fighters, gets an interview with them. Maybe he goes to train with them. Whatever it is, they go mm-hmm. eat or something like that. It's a whole show. No. Um But a lot of them, he got the green light for a second season. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then because of that, he bought uh, like this brand new uh, GTR. That's it's at like hundred two hundred thousand dollars. Import. Um, I'm, really, I'm not sure But he said it's insanely fast Yeah, I love it's those cars It's just super it, He said you can barely touch it and I remember when
1: uh Paul Walker drives a, a GTR uh, Well, it was called Skyline back then But um, in the second Fast Furious Okay uh, And that car's just fucking gorgeous Yeah It's just a great car Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: um, But it, it's cool for him I mean, he's got a completely different thing He was a UFC fighter from before mm-hmm. And now he's trying comedy and he's just blowing up. I mean, this guy's going to be the next, the next big star. It's, it's hmm. going to be really cool to watch.
1: What's his name? Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub. Brennan yeah. Schaub. All right. mm-hmm. yeah, he's a big guy. He was a heavyweight, uh, uh, UFC fighter. Huh. There's a trend of people just going into comedy after their other careers, like celebrity, quasi-celebrities and stuff, uh-huh. uh, which is, I don't know how I feel about it yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the one that I feel really good about is Judd Apatel. Because he
1: started with... His comedy sucks.
0: Does it really? I I
1: I, never actually heard it. He admittedly says that he's really bad at stand-up. Oh, wow. Um, Like So he he said he did stand-up before that special he had. He'd only done stand-up once, ever before. And he said he bombed awfully and he never did it again. And then, I haven't seen his new special, but I've seen clips of his old stuff. Uh His old stuff is really bad. Hmm. His new special, a lot of my comedian friends have seen it, and they're they're like, it's fine. Yeah. which is weird, cause like, he, he's such a funny writer, uh-huh. so you would think that he'd be a really good stand-up. Um, but I just mean like, there's like, like, Jake the Snake Roberts is a comedian now. Is he really? Darren McCarty is a comedian now. Oh shit, wow. Yeah, huh. and, and they're not good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Ron Jeremy's a comedian. Huh. And the thing that sucks about people like that is they come in and they take up all the work from like, comedian comedians? Cause they're a name. Yeah, and Those it's like, know. Like, Jake the Snake is a guy who, he did a show in Grand Rapids recently at a venue that just... It's called Tip Top Deluxe Bar and Grill. Uh-huh. And it's a kind of like an underground concert venue. But they have an open mic there every Tuesday. And he uh took a bunch of those open micers and he did a show with them. He uh-huh. five open micers and him. He did ten minutes up front and then the open micers filled the rest of the time. And he charged $25 for it. Which I think... Yeah. You're essentially charging twenty five bucks for people to go watch an open mic. Yeah, like which I I feel like is wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, people like they sold out the show. He's he's you know, um, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Like, right. They're gonna go see him. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I mean, it's I mean it's good that he's bringing people with him. Uh-huh. But I just feel like he's kind of ruining like yeah the comedy scene a bit because I mean, right like people are paying money like like if you pay money twenty five bucks to see mediocre comedy. You're not going to pay twenty five bucks to see comedy again. Like uh-huh. You're just like, well, why would I pay for this? Like, yeah, really worth yeah, it.
0: it's it, it definitely does have to do with the work as well. So if if you, I I'm from the faction that if if you're ready to put in the work and you can sell out crowds, even if your comedy really isn't that good, I might not listen to you, but like respect the hustle, but not what you're not the art. You know what I mean? Well,
1: see, I think the problem is coming in with a name already it takes all the hustle away like right, Jake yeah. the Snake Roberts will sell out no matter what like yeah. his first show probably sold out like Darren McCarty Ron Jeremy like Dustin Diamond like Screech uh-huh. from Save the Bell like all these people are comedians now right. and they sell out on name alone like they didn't put in work to get there they right. just, they yeah. were just like hey give me this venue I want to do this venue and then they get it and they sell out because it's Screech who doesn't want to see Screech from right. Save the Bell yeah. no yeah I, I see that and okay. it's like people like not me so much. I actually didn't work as hard as a lot of other people because I got really lucky with meeting people at the right time. But like a lot of comedians have been grinding for years, uh-huh. and they're still doing open mics. Right, I and mean, that's where you put the hustle in. Right, and, like if if I had like one if I was if I came into the game with a bunch of money already, uh-huh. I could fucking travel all over the country doing comedy, like because I could afford to do that. Right, right. Like a lot of people are shuffling, you know, two jobs, kids, and doing open mics, uh-huh. and like those are the people I'm like paid. Give them money, like they are the ones who are working really hard. Um, But I mean, it sounds like the guy, the uh, the UFC guy, is funny and he's got a good thing going. So that's good. I love his
0: podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if if his podcast anywhere reflects his comedy, uh, he's a really funny guy. Yeah. Um, But I have a podcast.
1: I I forgot to mention that one. What's that? I said I have a podcast. You have one. All right. All right. uh, It's a movie review podcast. Okay. Called this better be good. Um, Okay. It's a me and my comedian friend Garrett Elzinga. Uh, he and I, we review a movie before seeing it, and then we see it, and then we review it again afterward. Huh, okay. All right, yeah. So it's like a 45-minute podcast. The right. first half is us reviewing it before we saw the movie, and then there's like a... We play the trailer for like a little break, and then after the break, uh, we give our impressions after seeing it.
0: Okay, I got you. Um, no, it just... It, it, I was thinking of another one, because there's another one from Australia... And I don't know if you knew this, but Australia, especially the Marvel movies, they get them a month before America does.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Uh, so they do a, they do a podcast and they have the spoilers and everything. They have the, and they have a whole review set up for these new movies that never hit America. So they're hitting the scene before it's ever coming. You know? Oh wow. So, so they, they're they a step ahead. Yeah. And so, um, it, I just thought of that one because you said what you do. Uh-huh. So I saw, um, um,
1: I saw a taken on bootleg. Five months before it came out in theaters, wow! It was like I got a bootleg from Australia or somewhere like that. I think it, maybe it was Germany or something. But um, did, I remember, you, see, did you see the guy walking in the? In no, the- it was a, it was a studio screener. Oh, okay. so like it was like a real a like a one. real copy okay. of the movie. Yeah. And uh, I remember I watched it. and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then I remember two months later seeing a movie poster for it and being like, I feel like I just, yeah. I have like seen this movie, right, all right, right, right. And I'm like, oh, I have seen this movie, right? right good right. movie though. Your podcast is called? This Better Be Good. This
0: Better Be Good. With Mike know. Logan.
1: With Mike Logan and Garrett Elzinga, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever you listen to podcasts, we're there.
0: There you go. Um, what else? Do you, did you have anything else to bring to the table? Uh, no, I mean... Because you brought no notes with you. I mean, oh really unprepared. They're, they're all it? up here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write either. He's like, a mental I'm very much... Uh, I'm
1: very, I have a good memory when it comes to things that I've done. Uh-huh. Um, not good at remembering other things. <laughs> I, I found that
0: that does that does work. I I just heard a podcast with uh, Rogan and another guy, Mm -hmm. and he actually got uh, held captive. Uh, These pirates from Libya, I believe, uh, took him away, and he said he, in in order to keep his mental state going, he would mentally write and remember things. And I kind of sometimes do that, like, if I know I'm going to a graduation party, or if I know I'm going to this gathering, and... This guy is the host. Mm-hmm. I'll remember, oh, he's into this, so I'll make a mental note of that yeah. to mention this to him when I see him. Type thing. Yeah. And it usually always works out for me, you know? I don't so I'm sure it works out for you since you've been doing comedy for six years and yeah, haven't wrote wrote in a word on, on, on paper.
1: No, <laughs> I've always been I've always been really good at remembering words. Yeah. Um I can't remember somebody's fucking name to save my life. Like I can't remember anybody's name ever. But I remember every joke I've ever like written about comedy, mm-hmm. and I think it's just because once like I'm one of those people like if I write something or think of something, it's just always there now. Mm, okay. Like I used to, uh, I used to, I used to rap when I was younger. I always say rap like a like a New Zealander, like yeah, flight of the concord. Remember yeah, I rap? right. <laughs> <laughs> I was a rapper. ripper um, <laughs> Hey, I'm cold. This right. is Meek. Um, <laughs> but no, I used to write raps and I would never write them down because like once I say it or as I realize it, uh-huh. it's just it stays up there. Right, Eventually, right. I'll have to start writing. I, I'm going to get old at some point. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, but it,
0: it, going up on stage, though, is definitely more of a, uh, a mental acrobat type thing where you kind of have to feel the crowd. Hey, they're laughing at this. Yeah. Hey, just feel it out type thing. So sometimes on paper, like the guy uh, that was playing the guitar that bomb, the mm-hmm. story from earlier, he couldn't do that, you know? So he yeah. kind of just had to scrap that, and he did it anyway because that was part of his act. Yeah. So he had to do it, you know. He was more structured. So, I don't know. Everyone's got their thing. Yeah. But you're Ice Cold Comedy? Ice Cold Comedian. I, ice Cold Comedian. And I'm Simple Joe. And check me out on my website. Check check out the, the blog, all that other stuff I said earlier. Share with all your friends. And I hope you have a good day. It's Saturday and it's a beautiful day. It is Get gorgeous out there. Get out there and do something. And <laughs> that's it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, thanks for joining me with the show. And as always, like, subscribe, and do all that fun stuff. Spread the word about my podcast. I really did like this guest. He had a lot to say, very clear voice. So I'm sure none of you are going to be complaining that you need to up the volume or that you couldn't hear him or any of that stuff. Check out Mike Logan. He is in the Grand Rapids scene, but occasionally he does come down to Detroit. So check him out, and maybe he could be in your city. So keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and see what happens. We're going to switch it up this week. We're going to have a song for afterwards instead of before the show. And this week, I picked a song and a band from... Josh Hami, who was originally in Queens of the Stone Age, or was originally in uh, Caius, a band from the 90s, and is now in Queens of the Stone Age, which you would definitely hear him from. This song is Caius, Green Machine. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.